Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J. White, and in the studio, The Great People Studio with us. Not back, but here for good, James Muncy. Good morning. How you doing, man? I'm well. How are you today? I'm confident. I feel great about myself. You're always I'm confident. On, I, I'm, I'm in charge. Yeah? I did the little Facebook name test this morning, and it said that my official job title should just be boss. Well, there you go. I don't know. I don't know what... I didn't get FBI agent. Everyone else had FBI agent. I got boss. I haven't taken the test. Yeah, well, take the test, man. See what you're, see what you're destined for in, in life, so... Well, uh, whether you're listening to us on live radio at 97.7 FM in Richmond, Facebook Live at facebook.com slash Show or on Apple Podcasts. Hit subscribe when you get there. Thank you for being here and allowing us to be a part of your journey to the greatest version of you. And uh, I'm pretty confident this is going to be a great show. Uh, me as well. I mean, I feel really good about it. James, what area do you feel that you are most confident in? You know, like you, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty confident person. Uh, okay. You know, I'm pretty confident in my uh, in my career, in my um, in my family, my okay. parenting abilities, you know. Um, if, if you had to narrow it down to, let's say, a skill or an ability, what would you say that you're most confident in is an ability? Uh, speaking. Probably. Talking. Yeah. Yeah, speaking to uh, to people. Yeah, just getting on stage, one-on-one, on one, anywhere. Yeah, I yeah. mean, delivering public, public speaking. You know, that makes me think of um, this week, Zuck was at Congress yeah. speaking. How do you think he did? Kind of speaking. I thought he did exactly as he was coached to do. I think they spent hours upon days upon week. I don't even know how long he had to prepare. I don't know when he was called. But if you get down into the core coaching of someone that's supposed to be testifying in in front of Congress and be confident in how they're presenting themselves and what they're saying and probably just as important what they shouldn't say— uh, I think he, I think he nailed it. And this is an interesting study because if you watch him speak in a general sense at conferences or wherever you've seen him on a video, he actually doesn't really come across as a confident guy. He comes across as a really smart guy. I'm just too smart to to be confident. Yes, he comes across as very smart. But I was thinking about this before the show and a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Zuckerberg often especially in his earlier years, also would come across as really arrogant. And yeah, it got me to yeah. thinking about where is that line between mm. confidence That's a good question. and arrogance and how we come across to other people? Because it's great to come across as a confident person. Uh, coming across as an arrogant person, not so much most of the time. Yeah. I, well, it, what we're going to talk about on today's show is that fine line between arrogance and insecurity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did a lot of research on this word. I've done research on this word for 20 years. You know, in my practice and being in Carnegie, confidence is the um, structure in which everything that I do happens around. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to do it with people that feel confident already. I mean, they'll say, uh, well, this just happened to me like last week. I, I was sitting down with someone on a... Uh, in the beginning of a coaching journey with two people back to back. And they both said, you know, I feel pretty good about all this stuff. <laughs> so then there's the truth. 
Which, no, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure they were being very honest. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether they were being honest with themselves, but they were absolutely being honest in that they felt really good at all these things. And there's a lot of danger in that because what if you're not? Maybe you have very little confidence in these areas. Uh, so today I'm going to flip the script on, on confidence. Uh, you can have confidence in two main areas of your life, your abilities and your looks. And I say that because if you do any searching for confidence, you'll see the only thing that really comes up is confidence about your abilities and your looks. Confidence in how you look is a really popular subject. The definition of confidence that I'm going to focus in on today covers both, 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 well, both of these areas. And this definition is freedom from doubt. And where does that freedom come from? And where does that doubt come from? And who is doubting who? So the focal point on confidence for me is this. We get so caught up in ourselves. And let's just cut to the chase and lay out a truth bomb here early. You have more confidence when you focus on others rather than yourself. The lack of confidence that you may have in anything is because you're just thinking too hard about you. So the the more we focus on us, the harder it is to obtain that confidence And the reason we lack it is because we're too caught up in what other people think. It's, uh, how do I look to them? Uh, Is this going to fail and they're going to think differently of me? So the freedom is freedom from the jail cell of doubt that we put ourselves in. Uh, The doubt we have in what will they think? What will I do if this goes goes wrong in, in this my decision? Confidence is not just about being sure of ourselves and about being strong and about being secure. It's not about believing in oneself or one's ability to succeed as much as just realizing confidence is not about you, but lack of confidence is all about you. So let me say that again. Confidence is not about you, but lack of confidence is all about you. To have pure and true confidence, it's only when you're 100% focused on something other than you and what people think of you and you totally lose yourself. This is completely counterintuitive to what the world tells you is confidence. Not enough confidence, it's because you're too focused on yourself. Too much confidence, it's because you're too focused on yourself. Most of the things that we think give us confidence really gives us a false sense of security in the moment. It's not sustainable. It's fake. It's not real. Real confidence comes from a complete lack of focus on self. If you lack confidence encounter situations where you're unsure about yourself. It's because you're too focused on you. I don't think I can say that enough here this morning, period. I believe society has confidence all wrong. Millions are spent on books, classes, coaches to give us confidence. It's as if it's something that we can go and take from somewhere else. And it's something that we're seeking for us. That's totally wrong. Isn't real confidence letting go of everything? I love this quote from Christina Grimmie. I didn't even know she was until I did some research on her. Um, She was actually on The Voice and then was murdered after a show. Confidence is not, they will like me. Confidence instead is, I'll be fine if they don't. Bro, is confidence about letting go of us? I never thought it was. Okay. What'd you think it was? I thought that at its very core, and, and I'm apparently completely wrong, I thought (laughs) I'm less confident now than I was five minutes ago. Confidence killer. I thought that confidence was all about believing in yourself and your abilities. It is. It is. It is. That belief comes from not even having to think about it. 
if we're not even thinking about us, mm-hmm. if we're not even focusing in on these things and it, it is just happening, yeah, it's like the ultimate belief. Okay. I mean, because I, I'll tell you, I'm not very conscious about my confidence. And that's a good thing. It's, yeah. And when we come back, I know we're going to talk about this we a lot need to talk, so That's part of the conversation. If we're too conscious mm-hmm. about our confidence, we're probably losing confidence along the way because that's where the doubt creeps in. Ah, okay. Because that's where, I, I believe that's the way our brain is, is wired, mm-hmm. is if we start to focus in on something, our brain will find what's going to go wrong. It's the protection mechanism that we have. It's the doubt that, that settles in. Doubt is natural. Doubt is, is wired into our humanity. And it's just one of these things that we have to fight continuously if we need to. What if that doubt is, is, is legitimate, though? Ugh. Yeah, how do we, we just think? We got a lot to okay, cover. Next show topic yeah, is right. how is doubt? Okay, got it. All <laughs> right, so don't go away, folks. We're talking about confidence. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams, while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Now back to The Great People Show. So we're on this rabbit hole. Maybe it's not a rabbit hole of of doubt. We're talking about confidence today and being confident and showing confidence. And I really want to talk about exactly what it is because I think as society, we have confidence all wrong. I I think it's a, a, a crutch that we try to put many of our deficiencies on, mm. um, whether it be I'm not strong enough, I don't have enough confidence, and what I see... I don't know if I'd say just as often, but certainly more often than I wish I did is when people are too confident. They're, they're, um, well, it gets to the point where that, that, that overconfidence turns into cockiness and brashness and arrogance. It just, it's, I can't stand it. I can't, I, I can't stand when I even think I'm being that way, let alone someone else that's being that way. I agree. And the, the funny thing about that is there are two types of overconfidence there and, and arrogance, cockiness, however you want to put it. There are the people who are that way that really don't know what they're talking about that shouldn't be confident at all. And then <laughs> yeah. there are people who are truly just, I mean, Zuckerberg would be a great example. Like yeah. when Zuckerberg used to come across as, and it, he still does sometimes depending on how you catch him, but when he used <laughs> to come like across as uh, well, different interviews- <laughs> He comes across as very arrogant, but I mean, he, he, he walks the walk, man. I mean, he, he he owns results speak. Yeah. And, and, you know, surgeons are often known to be some very arrogant people. They're accused of having God complexes. Yeah. Um, but of course, I mean, a brain surgeon, Mm -hmm. um, what was that movie that Alec Baldwin was in where he was like, I think it was some sort of a, a courtroom or something where he like was saying, you accuse me of having a God complex. I am God. Because he was a he was a surgeon. Oh really? Did you, I don't you didn't know. see that movie? Oh, no, that's I a didn't. good movie. Not so good that I remember the title of it, but it was still a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly, there are situations we get in our life, like owning a multi-billion-dollar tech company, or um, dare we say, having the hands of God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, of being able to save people's lives, 
that 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 kind of stuff can go to your head pretty quick. Yep. Especially if people are relying on you and your abilities and your skills to just live in this world. Yep. Um, which many people do need Facebook to live in this world, apparently. Uh, but just don't email on WhatsApp. Yeah. That, um, that's a whole other that's show. That's a whole that's that's a whole other show about being informed in your topic. Yes. Um, so where do so you, you you said there's these two types and it's like what, what? How do we manage that within our within ourselves? First of which, I believe, is um, the self awareness piece of this is where it needs to start. Because mm-hmm. if you're working with someone that lacks confidence or working with someone that has too much confidence, there's it's a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Like if this is something that's outside of you and in someone else, it's 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 very difficult to address that with somebody because if if they lack confidence and they're trying to cover that up, um, it's incredibly sensitive. It's fragile, I guess, is what we should say. That that person's very fragile because if they lack something and they're trying to cover it up, right? They know how fragile it is. Yeah, they realize how fragile it is. Um, and so, getting kind of getting back to the to the opening piece of this, where confidence is really about you, or I should say, lack of confidence is you t- focusing too much on yourself. And if you have to work really hard to make sure that you feel good about something then you're probably already 10 steps behind where you need to be with, with this mentally, psychologically. I, I'm like you. And I used to not be like that for a really long time in my life where I was so focused on trying to overcome these deficiencies in my life that everything, not only did they remain a deficiency, but I found more things became deficient as I kept focusing harder on it. Mm. Now, I think that's really different than trying to get better at a craft. You know, if you're... Um, Let's say, James, you mentioned earlier that speaking is something you feel very confident about. Well, what if you are trying, if you're in our audience right now and you're trying to become a better speaker, uh, if you are taking a an honest assessment of your current abilities, whether it be listening to yourself on, on audio or watching yourself on video or asking people that are going to be honest with you, mm-hmm. what do you think of me? then um, you have to be ready for that kind of feedback and, and you have to not take it so personal that you're going to say, see, I knew I wasn't going to be good at this. I think that's where people get into a, a pit of despair when it comes to their confidence. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because generally people who have less confidence are the people who do not take feedback very well. You know, feedback, criticism is sort of the negative mm-hmm. word for feedback, but <laughs> I mean, feedback to me is the number one way in which we grow and get better yep. in what we do. And are you talking about feedback from other people? I'm talking about feedback from other people. Okay. And I think, and again, this is a whole other show as well. I think one of the things where we really let our friends, our colleagues, our peers down on is a lot of people are, are, are too, too, cons- too upset, too reluctant to give feedback because they don't want to, knock that person's confidence down. Yeah, because they're already, uh, they're already, they already lack some self-confidence and they're already sensitive. It's like, well, I don't want to make it, I don't want to make it worse. Right. And some of that time, some of those times, James, just giving someone positive feedback can spin it the other direction. It's the weirdest axiom I've ever seen with people is someone that doesn't feel like they're as good at something as they really are. And then you tell them through evidence how good somebody is at something. And then not only do they refute that, but it actually makes them somewhat angry or upset or it's just, it's, I don't understand. I really don't understand that. I'm sure there's some psychology behind that. 
uh, on why people act that way. But I think that is, I think that person is, has so, they are so focused on themselves that they cannot believe that they even have the capabilities of being better. I, I don't, I don't want to talk today about the folks that are really trying to be better at something and they're working hard, like an athlete, right? You know, if you're, um, if you're an aspiring track star in high school and, and you're trying to get better at running, trying to get faster, well, you're, you're obviously already really good at it. And if you're practicing and practicing and practicing uh, and you have this belief that you're going to get better, um, sometimes, sometimes that can be, I think, portrayed as lack of confidence because if you're saying, you know, well, I'm not good enough or I'm not fast enough or uh, I'm not able to place high enough, that can come across very easily as lack of confidence. I see that person is just driven to achieve something. And um, how, how, do we dis- how, how do we distinguish those two within us, whether it's something that I'm so driven to achieve a goal and, and, and this lack of um, performance is driving me to be better? Or am I letting it actually be the false upper limit that I've placed upon myself because I've already decided I can't be that fast or I can't be that good? Well, gosh, I mean, and, and we're coming up with all sorts of topics this morning. I mean, self-limiting beliefs are yeah. huge. And if if you believe in a self-limiting belief, guess what? It's true. Yeah. Oh, it's it's self-created too, obviously. I mean, I can't believe I just said that. But yeah. it is it is a self-limiting belief is completely fabricated inside of your own head. And I don't care. I really don't care if someone daily has told you that you're bad at something if you have put that self-limiting belief on you, you still put it on yourself. Yeah. Even if people around you are telling you that. Yeah. The thing about self-limiting beliefs is they're usually right. They are. 100%. And by the way, uh, Mark on Facebook Live just said it's Malice was the name of that movie. With Malice. Alec Baldwin. I've not seen it. Oh, you I should watch that movie. List. That's an oldie but a goodie. Huh. Um, and uh, I also want to bring up a comment that uh, Teresa, um, Teresa McRoberts said on uh, Facebook Live as well is making the connection here between confidence and competence. And we're really talking about that right now. So, you know, you're sitting here striving to be better at something and there is a level of competence that you have. It's, it's, is, is, is the ultimate confidence where it matches the competence? It should be, but there are still people who are very competent who are not confident in their abilities. They're trying to bring that up. And so I believe, and, and, and you tell me if, if, if you think this is, this is right. I believe that people who generally have a low self-esteem are going to be the people who have the most difficulty with confidence. Mm-hmm. I think there is there is absolutely a correlation between self-esteem and the level of confidence that you gener- gen- generally will have in your life. Yeah. And you brought up a good word because we're, we're, we're balancing these two confidence and competence things in us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and towards towards later in the show we're gonna we're gonna give you a uh, great people roadmap to more confidence which includes this very specific thing of what we can do different to help balance those two things out and I think it's important to to talk about the labels that this whole thing is wrapped up in because we are inundated on a regular basis whether it be at work uh, in the media. Um, not as much confidence. You just don't hear that word as much as you do about self-esteem. Mm-hmm. There's an industry wrapped around self-esteem. Uh, you've got self-assurance. You've got self-belief. You've got self-love. Uh, even uh, a level of optimism that's wrapped up in that. Self-efficacy. Like these are all 
completely different angles on really what we're talking about. So what what is what is self-efficacy? You know, I, I found that word and I looked it up mm. and I don't remember what it means. <laughs> so um, if our audience knows what self-efficacy means... Please call us uh, got, uh, or, got or the, Facebook Live. I've got this little device in my hand. You should that, Google it for uh, me. Can usually. It's funny. So I'm reading an article. I, I'm just going to be very transparent here. I'm reading an article, yes, no, two days ago on confidence, and it brings up the self-efficacy, <laughs> and it was brilliant. I was like, oh, I got to, what is self-efficacy? So I look it up, and I'm like, oh, this is great. So I, I put it into the show notes, and then I totally, I'm getting old, James. My brain is, is I mean, I'm getting Alzheimer's here, man. I don't remember what I did two days ago. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not, I'm not even sure who you are. Um, and, and the big one here, the big one in this whole list of other types of confidence, whatever you want to call it, is self-esteem. Right. And how we truly feel about ourselves. The, and it's, and it's value-based. So self-esteem is value-based. Self-confidence is usually ability-based. And, and what's maybe just as discouraging for me is how much confidence is wrapped up into our looks. Yeah. Um, I would love to talk to somebody about, I think this is a debate on if you are doing things to make you look good and then they allow you to feel good, isn't that okay? I'm going to take the stance that it could be very fake confidence. If you're relying on your looks to make you feel good about yourself, but there's, how many billions of dollars are wrapped up in the industry? Oh, it's, of, it's, of yeah. how, of making you look better. Because society tells us Holy that we, moly. yeah. Well, before we go to break. Okay. Self-efficacy is defined as a personal judgment of how well one can execute courses of action required to deal with prospective situations. Expectations of self-efficacy determine whether an individual will be able to exhibit coping behavior Mm. and how long effort will be sustained in the face of obstacles. Interesting. Well, that's a lot of confidence, isn't it? So, yeah. but I want to come back to this looks thing as well. Oh, I got it. I got it. I yeah. We need to talk about it. Come on back, folks. The Great People Show. We'll be right that's back. It. Now back to The Great People Show. I said at the top of the show, uh, you can have confidence in two main areas of your life, your abilities and your looks. And we're jumping into the looks piece of it. Um, I read a book about 12 years ago. I don't know if you've read this book or not, called um, Psycho-Cybernetics. I have not. Maxwell Maltz is the author. It is one of the best books that I've ever uh, read. I think it was written sometime in the 60s, if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken. And Maxwell's story is that he was a plastic surgeon. Now, keep in mind, I I don't know what plastic surgery looked like in the 60s. I can only imagine. I don't want to. So he was so frustrated that 90 plus percent of the customers that were coming to him for plastic surgery were wanting to change something about themselves so they would feel better about themselves. So he wrote a book. Now, Psycho-Cybernetics, it's probably not what you think it is. It's not like another religion. Psycho-Cybernetics, psycho means mental. Cybernetics means steering. So it translates to mental steering. Okay. And he gives all these tools in there on how to steer your own mind rather than rely on these external forces such as plastic surgery to feel better about yourself. And there's something in there called the theater of the mind. I don't want to get too far into this, but it's a, it's it's an amazing tool that you can use to play out what things are going to happen in your life. Mm-hmm. And we know visioning, we know these things work, that if you decide something and if you, but he, he takes it to the nth degree that you literally 
play this situation out like uh, like an act in a movie, like a like a movie scene. Like if you're getting ready to go into an in, a job interview, you literally want to take an hour of time to prep to visualize the entire process step by step, word by word, because that gives you surety that this is the way that it should happen. So I'd bring that back to the fact that this was a guy that used to be a plastic surgeon and saw all these folks wanting to spend tens of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. and change their body just to look differently, solely to feel differently. And uh, Teresa, again, had put a uh, comment on Facebook Live. There's a new book called Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis that covers and refutes the lies we, particularly women, tell ourselves from Teresa. I don't think we have any credibility in this room right now to talk about why women wear makeup. No. They're not a female within arm's length of this entire studio right now. So uh, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be fascinated to know how all that part ties in. But I know, I know one thing for sure, based on what, what ads I see and what content I, I, I take in in the work that I'm in, that there's way too many people in this world that rely on their looks for success. Well, they self-assurance. do, but we are, we are told constantly, how many times in our day are we reminded that looks and beauty are the most important thing that there is? And in the digital age that we're in today, even what we see that we should be aspiring to isn't even real because what we're seeing in all of these print ads, in all of these ads online, et cetera, mm-hmm. These are people that have been airbrushed. It's been digitally oh, yeah. touched up. They're not even real. It's ridiculous. So we have a couple callers here. Let's go to uh, Teresa from Richmond. Teresa, thanks for joining the show. You're welcome. Is this the Teresa McRoberts? <laughs> I don't know any other one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you've been active on our Facebook feed this morning. So you've got a lot of opinions about this, Teresa. Tell us what you think. Well, I think it's a great topic because I think that so many things follow from confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from the definition that you read and from that concept of <clears throat> the inner assurance that we exude outwardly, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't have a lot of opinions on the makeup one except <laughs> to say that um, since most people who know me know that I rarely have ever wear makeup <clears throat> and I'm, I have a dancer, and I'm terrified that I'm going to glue her eyes together when oh, I have gosh. to put false eyelashes on her. <laughs> so why but, don't you wear um, why don't you wear makeup a lot then? Maybe that's a good uh, conversation to have. Well, this is this is my thought on it. Um, it a somehow age figures into it. Mm. Okay, so mm-hmm. we're we're an ageist society. Mm-hmm. We favor youth over age. And um, sometimes even the tiniest bit of makeup can make a 50-year-old appear 40 or a 40-year-old appear 20. Yeah. And, um, and that can be important in a workplace environment. Um, so it's almost, I, I was thinking of the makeup question, not the billion-dollar beauty industry and not all the surgeries that people do, but your workaday woman who puts on a little makeup every time she goes to work it's um, it's like having uh, a ticket to an event. Mm. So it's the access is the price of access. So Teresa, let me ask you something. The uh, and I, I am by no means. Gosh, we'll get we will get endless emails. I am by no means saying this is true of everybody who wears a, a lot of makeup or anything like that. But 
I've known Teresa for many years. Teresa is definitely one of the most confident people uh, who I know. And she's here talking about how she does not wear uh, very much makeup. You don't need makeup to to help you gain any better a sense of confidence. And I think sometimes that's one of many things that people might do, whether it's clothes, whether it's makeup, whatnot, to try to up their appearance to maybe compensate for a little bit of a lack of confidence or a lack of self-esteem. Do you think there's any truth to that, uh, Teresa? Um, I think that that is that, that many people do look to makeup, like they look to many other things, to provide right. a sense of confidence that should come from within. But um, when I wear makeup, it is because I recognize that it is part of having access to whatever it is I'm participating in. Just like if you go to a black tie event, part of the access is you wear a tuxedo. In our culture, um, you know, whether it's a job interview or a seminar, uh, some amount of makeup, whether it, and it can be as little as foundation and eyeliner or whatever. Um, grants you and again a ticket that um, you, you an acceptance it, just like if you tried to show up in khaki pants at a black tie event they might let you in but um, you're not going to feel good well you might feel great good but point. you're not going to get wouldn't. to mingle with the people that you want to mingle with and that's or, a great and that's a great point because if I it, when I have bought a new suit and I've wore it for the first time and it fits snug as a bug, I definitely come across as more confident because I feel more confident. Mm-hmm. But when that right. suit gets old and tight because I get fat, I don't feel confident as much in that suit. Right. I just, and so I, what I just you want to do it. is adjust the suit. So, and that's, that's <laughs> a good analogy to makeup. I need to lose you know? weight, Teresa. No, wait, that's that, what that's, really needs to happen. That, that's, that's big, Teresa. Say that again. You want to adjust the suit. Is is like you know that analogy though? Uh, that analogy is a good way for a man to get in the headspace of a woman, which is um, the skin we have been given gets a little spotty or mm. a little saggy or a little <laughs> wrinkly, and um, and it's not so much oh I'll feel more confident if I put on makeup as it is um, it you know when you present well um, you're received better. Good point. Uh, by other people. Good point. Teresa, thanks for calling the show today. We appreciate it. Great to hear from you. Stay, stay on Facebook Live. Keep feeding us good stuff. Okay. Thanks, thanks. Teresa. Bye. Man, we, is this, is this turned into a rabbit hole? I, I, think, <laughs> I think it is. I, I, I yeah. didn't plan on talking this much today about how the looks affect our confidence, but it's clearly a hot topic. It is. Um, when we come back from break, we, uh, we actually have some more callers to take. And we want to lay out the Great People Roadmap for you on how to build true confidence. So don't go away, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams. 
while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DellCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DellCarnegieRichmond.com. Now back to The Great People Show. So today we're talking about what real confidence is, and we have another caller on the line, Jane. Jane, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for letting me yeah. come on and talk to you. Tell us about um, it. I listen to this show on the way to work every morning, on uh, Thursday morning. Yeah. And ev- I really, really want a podcast of this show for my 17-year-old daughter. Oh, yeah. I think you guys need to take the, your message on the road, and especially young women need to hear everything that you've said today. Why is especially that? Especially what you said. Well, what, what you said about confidence um, that kids or anyone can really be so focused on themselves that they can't see the person that they're speaking with. Mm. And they, and the more that we focus on helping others and really communicating with others, not with our appearance and with how we're being conveyed, the more confidence that we'll have. And, um, I just, I feel like that message is so important. And when you were talking with, um, Teresa about the makeup, I, I think she's right. Makeup definitely makes women feel more confident. Um, as I've gotten older, I, I'm a sandwicher. I have a mother with Alzheimer's and I have a teenager and I work full time in the family business. So I just don't have time for it. But what has really given me confidence lately is taking classes. I hmm. take, even though I don't have time to go to school, I have a master's degree. I've started taking classes online and the more I can do to help with the family business and the more educated I can become to help my daughter and help my mother, I feel better. I, the makeup, I just don't have time for, yeah. but I do have time to stimulate myself intellectually. And that really helps. And, you know, doing that also to help my family with the business or with caring for my mom and trying to understand what's going on, that extra thing that I do. Um, for myself internally helps me to help my family and that makes me feel better. And I, I think I think that is a real life. You have just totally defined what we've been saying on the show mm. is that if you focus on other people almost relentlessly, that it will build, it, it'll give you this, I think perhaps a sense of confidence and self-assurity that we can't get anywhere else in life. Yep. And I mean, and that's what I, I hear you not only do I hear you saying the words, but I feel it coming through the phone on on how how confident that makes you. That I would I would guarantee starts to travel into every other part of your life, and you may not even realize where it travels in other parts of your life because of of how you're focusing your your energy towards other people. Well, thank you, and this show really helps rejuvenate me on Thursdays, and um, I just I love the show, and I and I just hope you can get you know, your message out. And I would love for you to go and do some seminars in um, the Chesterfield County high schools with just what you all have talked about today. Thank you so much for the gift of this show every Thursday. I really appreciate it. Jane, you're very welcome. Thank you for just, thank you for listening. And certainly thank you for calling in and being part of the show. We appreciate you. Thanks so much, Jane. Okay. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Well, I think the show is now over. We should end it right yep. here and uh, go ahead and call it quits right. and see y'all next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can beat anything that yeah. Jane just said. Boy, no, that was that was a really good sh- summation. Should we have a conversation about how other people can make you feel confident? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I, um, in, in radio is one of those interesting things where you really don't know who's listening. 
Right. And we just so deeply appreciate the Janes of the world, Jane, for calling in and, and being part of the show. And That's why we do it. Um, I, there is so many, um, there's so much need for our youth to hear this message, as Jane said. And and that's where I see it the most. There are, um, I think that the, the statistic I saw one time, there are 10 times more girls than there are boys that are readers as teenagers. And um, we need to have more, more media and content that speaks into the lives of these children because obviously most of our, you know, we're from nine to 10 on Thursday mornings and podcasts. So we're not reaching teenagers no. a lot. No. Uh, as Jane was a teenager's parent. And, um, what are we doing as parents to build the confidence of our, of our youth? Because yeah. as a parent, it's tough to do that. Well, it's especially tough when we, our children are only paying attention to us a relatively small portion of the time when they're at school, when they are at home or elsewhere and they're reading online, when they're yeah. going through Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram and my gosh, Instagram, another great example of, you know, and they're just, they're seeing the highlights of everybody's life. They're seeing these images of what society says that they are supposed to be. And when they look in the mirror and they don't see that image Mm -hmm. that is presented to them day in and day out, their confidence gets shot. That happened in our house yesterday morning. Millie is going to be six in May. At the soccer field Tuesday night at her brother's soccer game, she tripped over one of the chains and fell flat on her face on the pavement. Mm. Blood everywhere. Oh, gosh. Woke up yesterday with these little scabs. So Sam found her in the bathroom trying to wipe the blood off of her face. It wasn't blood. It was scabs. She thought she could wipe this scab off her face. So she gets a little upset. She's not even six yet. She She said, I look like a little piggy. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was alarming to me that she was so concerned about how she looked. Yeah. And it made me realize as, as such a tiny little girl, all the YouTube videos that she watches, all the other things that she sees that maybe I don't even notice have already given her an image that I don't like how I look right now. Well, and, and guess what? She sees her classmates getting teased and made fun of be, primarily Could because be. of what? Absolutely. What, 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 in, in school, what did people mostly get made fun of? Their what looks. They're, yep. Their and looks. what they're wearing. Yep. 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 So um, let's start to bring this plane in for landing on, on confidence. I, th- I think we've established the fact very clearly that um, we are probably looking at confidence all wrong. We are probably doing things to give us false confidence. And uh, we have a great people roadmap for you on more confidence. It's going to start with a quote from William James, who's the um, uh, modern day found, uh, founder of modern day psychology. Most people live in a restricted circle of potential. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we not just meet our potential, but literally, how do we exceed our potential? Because our potential really is what our mind has decided it could be. And uh, a lack of confidence in many times feels that we're falling short of that. So number one, which we established straight out of the gate is to let go of yourself. And and I didn't get really a chance to talk to Jane about this earlier, but she made up, a, she brought up a good point that if you're consistently focused on other people. And more importantly, if you're spending your time communicating a lot with other people, it's, it's very difficult to focus in on yourself. Mm-hmm. Just, and, and I'm seeing that in the youth. And now that we're getting, you know, in this, in, in the, the digital age is, is the folks that are in their early to mid thirties that grew up in the digital age. Uh, that doesn't mean communicating on Snapchat in instant messenger in messages counts for communication. That's I mean, correct. spending time, legitimately talking to other people will help you let go of yourself and in doing anything we can to focus on other people. 
So here's, here's two points that I want to bring up that are really, really important on this area of confidence. I see this all the time professionally is number one, you have to truly understand what you're good at, what your talents and gifts are, and what you're not good at and come to that realization. Well, you may be asking yourself, well, how do I do that? Well, we've been using assessments for years to truly identify, they're called the sciences of people, what people um, are um, strength areas Mm -hmm. and um, not as much strength areas. I shouldn't say bad at at things. I'm going to speak this afternoon at a local uh, office for a a global insurance company. I'm going to be talking to salespeople. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be talking to salespeople that uh, statistically, and I would guarantee all those folks in the room, they are really good at frequently interacting with other people. They're really good at talking to people. They thrive off of it. They get their energy. They're probably going to suck at organization and they're probably going to suck at following up and following through with other people. That's just how most people are wired. That's the offset. You can't be perfect at everything. And I, and I, and I believe a problem that we have in society is, is that we are told we can do anything we want and be anything we want and good at anything we want. And that's just not true. There are things that we are structured to do better than other things. And I don't Wait, think most what? of us know what those are. What I was told yeah, that Captain I could, confidence over here. I was told I could be anything I wanted to be. That's not true. There's no participation trophies in life, brother. Oh, you're shattering. sorry. It just won't happen. Yeah. Uh, you, I think you're being sarcastic. Of course I, I think am. you're being a little real too on that. But but that is but that is what we teach. And I don't want to sit here and, and, and make a pessimistic view and, and tell you that you you shouldn't chase your dreams. But I mean, what is the message then, JJ? What what is the proper message? What do, what are you gonna tell your kids about about that? So this goes back to positive reinforcement, right? So is identifying in that person or helping that person identify for themselves. What are you really good at? That is our role as a leader, as a manager, as a parent, as a friend, is you're not short on opportunities to tell somebody you are really, really good at this. This is something that you're really, really good at. This is a strength in you. Um, Unfortunately, we do have relationships where they're telling us what they're good at. And I think it's okay to reinforce that. If you uh, are in a relationship with someone that you feel is too overconfident, then maybe you won't. But I think you need to have a true awareness of what you're good at and what you should steer away from. I see people all the time that go through this assessment process and they are leaders in an organization mm-hmm. and they have very little competence. And I mean a behavioral competence. This is something that starts to get fairly hardwired into us by our mid-20s. Okay. okay, this isn't something you can just go out and read a book on and, and take courses on. Mm-hmm. These are behavior styles that get very set into you. So you aren't, you, it's like running upstream with this, if you're in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s. Hmm. Um, Yeah, you can make some adjustments with it. At the end of the day, you have to become so acutely aware of it that you say, you know, I'm just not really that strong in that area. Hmm. I I know that my gas tank when it comes to interacting with other people runs out at about 11 a.m. in the morning. So I need to figure out a way to extend that gas tank or I need to find myself into a profession, career, passion that doesn't extinguish that gas tank so early so that I don't have enough left for who's important in my life. Mm -hmm. So this is just a This is a big, big deal, folks, because if you are trying to do something that you're not necessarily designed to do, you will easily end up with lack of confidence because you keep hitting the brick wall. Then, then you have to reconcile that with some realistic goals. What do you really want to have from life and having the right goals? Because um, I, I, I just reposted this on LinkedIn 
Today, so many of our goals are, are based around money. And if we don't have enough money, then we lose confidence because so-and-so's got a better job making more money. It's all keeping up with the Joneses thing. Oh, yeah. And I wish we had more time to talk about that. You're absolutely right. Money, money is, is boy, that's a, that's a huge one when it comes to confidence. In, isn't that a false sense of confidence? Haven't you met people with so absolutely. much money? It, like it's falling out of their back pocket. <laughs> yep. And they believe they've arrived, but they are some of the most immature. I say immature. It's not like they're like silly immature. It's just, it's like because they've acquired wealth, they're going to throw the rest of their life away because they have all these other gifts, but they're, they don't want to exercise them because they felt like the money gave them confidence. Yeah. They've achieved. Yep. And I, I, I know money's important for the basics and passing on wealth to my children and things like that. But man, I am so unfocused on money these days. I'm getting old. Uh, it, was, it was Teresa that said that, right? That age, that there's a matter of age when it yep. comes to this confidence. And I, I think that ties into the looks. I think that ties into the money. I think that ties into most of the things that we hang our head on when it comes to confidence. Ties into how much we care about what other people think. I've said this before on the show. I'll say it again. When you're in your teens and your 20s, you're worried about what people think about you. Mm-hmm. When you get in your 30s and their 40s, you stop worrying as much what people think about you. When you get to be 50 and above, you realize they were never worried about you to begin with. Mm. Or they were never thinking about you to begin with. So what's there to worry? Um, Stop caring what other people, and specifically people that don't matter, think of you. You should care what your spouse thinks of you. You should care what your children think of you. You should care what your closest friends think of you. I mean, that's a whole other ball of wax, how much you think of it. But there's so much leverage that we put on people on how they think about us, and they really don't matter in our life. Yeah, They really don't matter. I mean, so we can't focus in on that. You have to focus in on other people. Um, And a big part of that is being honest with yourself, honest with them, direct with yourself, direct with them. Um, Most of the lack of confidence is because you're not being honest with yourself. You're just, you're, 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 for some reason, you've convinced yourself of, of something else. And I love what Teresa said earlier is identify in your life what you're granting to give you acceptance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like all of our confidence is based on what we're granting exteriorly. Yep. And that is just, it's, it's, it's terrible. Oh, it's awful. It's absolutely terrible. So we, we hope we've been some value to you today. We want to thank our callers that came in and uh, made us feel more confident. Um, you can always check out our show at, uh, uh, on Apple iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play. Of course, go to our website, greatpeopleshow.com. Uh, we got a new website coming down the line here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we've got a lot of exciting things going yeah. on. I got like six cool Stay things tuned. happening here. There's a lot of stuff happening. And our website, though, has all the different ways mm-hmm. that you can keep up with us, you can listen to the show, that you can share the show with your friends. If this show spoke to you and your children, have them listen to it. And you can always reach us personally at jj at greatpeopleshow.com. Thanks, folks. See you next time. See ya. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.